0: Here we go.
1: That's outstanding. Like a farmer in his feet.
2: Well, if that isn't some juicy content.
1: Indeed. Circle gets the swing.
2: I'm gonna pull some fast gotcha questions.
1: Carry on, James. Carry on.
2: You know what, Craig? That's a good call.
1: time for another episode of the Channel Futures Podcast, Coffee with Craig and James. I'm Craig Galbraith, Editorial Director of Channel Futures. Joining me as always, Mr. Anderson. Our news editor, Mr. James Anderson. James, how are you?
2: craig Nader I am feeling good. Uh, you've taken me all the way back to 2003. I remember when I was just a, just a fifth grader uh, listening to my <laughs> little toy radio in my bed listening to evanescence bring me back to life uh you're giving me some good memories
1: yeah 2003 i was only three years removed from uh making the trip to arizona from my uh home state of washington i was a little older than fifth grade at that time but uh, we, we won't go down that road too far how's that sound
2: that sounds fine but people people were like really into this evanescence stuff weren't they would you did you was it a phase for you
1: uh, no, hey, well it's funny you bring that up I'm actually going to their show uh, They've got a concert with uh, Hailstorm coming up in October Or November, I can't remember Sometime in Phoenix, they're on tour And I'm going, I- I'm in
2: No way, Craig, do yeah. they have like songs Other than Bring Me Back to Life? Like I've never heard another song well, by them. Well the
1: song technically is Bring Me to Life there's no, there's no back in there But they do have a number of uh, other songs uh, Which you would probably know if you had known The correct title of this song
2: yeah, I mean, it's kind of a gateway sort of thing, but uh, it's funny what one little preposition can do.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, the reason I selected the song, beyond the fact, of course, that it's a 2003 song, this is episode 103, I know it doesn't make a lot of sense, but they both end in three, actually they both end in 03, but that's how we roll here on the podcast, is because I, I really feel like the message here, bring me to life, it's, it's a metaphor for the upcoming Channel Partners Conference and Expo, and co-located MSP Summit, which I'm telling you, James, we're full speed ahead for November on these events.
2: First off, Craig, I love metaphors. I love that you're making this metaphor. And uh, and yeah, I, I share your excitement. In addition to our amazing keynotes and education sessions, which are gonna be chock full of juicy channel content, we're gonna have an amazing, and I'm not just saying amazing, Just say amazing, but it truly is an amazing assortment of celebrity guests that are going to take the stage and entertain the heck out of you.
1: Oh, yeah, they don't call it the big show for nothing. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is this like those fake celebrity voices I got in our 100th episode to congratulate us?
2: Hello, I'm Kermit the Frog, reporting live here from Coffee with Craig and James. No, sir. Check this out, Craig. We've got the Blue Man Group. The Blue Man Group. They will be giving an exclusive live performance to all Access Channel Partners Conference Expo Only and MSP Summit Conference Pass holders in the Blue Man Group Theater at the Luxor. That's right across from Mandalay Bay happening at 9 a.m. on Monday, November 1st. So you better get into town early.
1: Oh. That is amazing James. I mean, I'm telling you, celebrity guests. All I remember from the past few years ago, somebody brought in Dennis Rodman uh who sat and signed autographs in the Expo Hall and, and like years before that, before I even worked at Informa, uh Charles Barkley I think made an appearance. I mean, Blue Man Group. This is amazing. I I can't believe
2: that. It. It's it's very impressive, frankly. Um if you're not coming just for the the juicy channel content, I mean, I think this alone is a draw, um, and and we're just not just we're just getting started, Craig. We're just getting what? started. Yeah, Penn and Teller, Penn and Teller, the legendary wow. magic act. They're gonna take the keynote stage at one fifteen on Wednesday, November third, and and let me tell you, Craig, I'm pretty sure they're not talking about digital transformation. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're not. They're going to give an exclusive live performance November 3rd to, once again, All Access, Channel Partners Conference, Expo Only, and MSP Summit Conference Pass holders.
1: Oh, man, that's everyone, James. I mean, that's incredible. But but wait, this is too good to be true. You said 1.15. That's 1.15 a.m., right? I mean, Penn & Teller doing Expo in the middle of the day, well, that's not real, right?
2: It is 1.15 p.m., Craig, oh. afternoon. I don't know what p.m. stands for, but Pacific Morioris, I think that's what it stands for. <laughs> um, and it's actually our last keynote of the event before the expo hall opens on day two at 2 p.m. I think traditionally that's, a, you know, kind of a what do we call that? A prime time lineup.
1: Yes, in the middle of the day. I'm telling you, James, uh, that's going to keep them in their seats.
2: It will, but there's more. No. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, no. I got to be dreaming at this point.
2: You mentioned the Expo Hall, Craig. On day one of the Expo Hall, Tuesday, November 2nd, when it opens at 4 p.m., there will be a performance by the Las Vegas Raiderettes.
1: Holy cow. Now we're talking here, James. I mean, you being a young guy, I mean, you got to you got to really like that. I mean, you love football.
2: I, I uh, you know, I, I like football. I like, uh, I, I, I think I don't yeah, know we, what to say.
1: We better move on. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, the only bad part for the rats here, James, though, is is I'm going to have to ask our show organizers to make sure they start a little early because as soon as that expo hall opens, people are going to be pouring through the doors, and you know what they're going to be do? They're going to be heading directly to the channel theater where you and i will be hosting a live version of this podcast so you know there might not be anyone left around to watch them
2: yeah it's tough for them uh but they should have known the competition uh, that they were going up against when they signed up for this so uh yeah i can't say i feel too bad for them craig but uh you know maybe we can encourage them to walk toward the theater stage during their performance just so uh, the crowd doesn't uh you know leave them behind
1: ah oh, yes uh, brilliant idea brilliant idea okay james so that that's got to be it for the celebrity entertainment right i mean that's crazy
2: Well, just one more craig there will be an exclusive performance by your favorite band pearl jam what okay i i did make that one up but all okay. of the others are indeed happening
1: oh I just punched you virtually, Uh, (laughs) but seriously, talk about a homecoming, a big show. If all of the great content and networking is in enough, and it probably is, I'm sure this all just put our casties over the top. I'll be sure to share the Channel Partners Conference and Expo MSP Summit registration page on the landing page of this podcast.
2: And speaking of guests, you know, just as we're going to have some great guests uh, in November, we're going to have some great guests on this very podcast episode. And uh, agents, you're going to want to keep listening to this one because we got a few folks that you're going to really appreciate hearing from uh, a new channel chief at, at one of the largest service providers and a couple of your peers. who are going to talk a little bit about how their business has been going in 2021 and beyond.
1: Yeah, James, uh, first up, you mentioned uh, the big channel chief at a big service provider. Talking about Lumen, uh, lots of changes in their channel this past month. You lined up an exclusive Q&A on Channel Futures with this guy. Then we thought, why not get him for the podcast? Uh, You know, that's kind of like the James episode. we got a lot of your peeps. You rolled out the celebrity names. Uh, This is great. I feel like I can just sit here and make pithy yet somewhat pointless observations while still informing our loyal casties living vicariously through you.
2: Yeah, Craig, buckle your seatbelt, kick your feet up and uh, try to not get carsick because this train's mm. about to take off. We are going to be talking right next up with Dave Young, who as a longtime member of Lumen, Lumina uh, you know, Lumen CenturyLink Level 3 Communications, has been a big fixture in this company. Someone who's regarded as, as a change agent, a person who's able to get stuff done, and people are talking about him as someone who can, can really drive some big initiatives in Lumen's channel partner program, as well as some of the other organizations that he's overseeing. So stay tuned here for, for a very interesting conversation with Dave Young.
1: He's a busy guy. Let's get to it.
2: All right, everybody. We're really happy to be joined today by Dave Young, the Senior Vice President of Strategic Sales at Lumen. Dave, welcome to the podcast.
3: Thanks, guys. Looking forward to it.
2: It's going to be a great conversation. Um, I've spoken to you a little bit before, um, just after your recent appointment. It was a a great conversation and thought, uh, why not go for a, a second round?
1: Sounds good to me. So, Dave, let's talk a little bit about your background uh, at Lumen. You've been there a long time, including, of course, the various companies that now comprise Lumen. Now, why don't you go into your background a little bit just for the partners in our audience who might not know you that well or for those who do. Uh, give them a little bit of a refresher.
3: Thanks, Craig. I appreciate the opportunity. As we, we look at Lumen, uh, Lumen's uh, a variety of companies that have come together most recently. CenturyLink and Level 3. And my legacy is the Level 3 roots. And I joined the company in 2002, so almost 20 years. And I came into the company with a background and expertise in the in the federal marketplace and helped create the business that is now very much thriving in what we call public sector. It's a pretty substantial uh, revenue and contribution uh, to the overall numbers of the companies, but as that occurred, I somewhat moved from being a federal expert to really building the bridges and the network across the ecosystem of what is Lumen. And I like to tell people today, my expertise is really the ability to navigate Lumen versus a specific market. I think the channel uh, is a great place. There's tons of people that have all kinds of channel expertise. And layering that that world in with my expertise of Lumen, I think together that becomes a very powerful equation for what the channel can expect from us in our next cycle of life together.
2: Awesome. Now, Dave, your title is, uh, is different from your predecessor, Garrett. And it's not just that the title is different, but um, you're overseeing lots of aspects of the business. So could you talk about what your position looks like, um, sort of the Parts you're overseeing and kind of how those blend together with the uh, the channel program. Yeah,
3: I'd love to. Great topic. I think that there's a couple of commonalities that I'll touch on after I explain the different pieces of markets because from the surface, sometimes folks somewhat scratch their head a bit on why we would do what we're doing. But it's definitely anchored. My my patch is definitely anchored with uh, the indirect channel and the partner community. I'm also responsible for what we call the hyperscalers. That would be companies like Apple and Microsoft, uh, AWS, Google, Facebook. Another part of the business that we've put together here is our system integrator, integration channel. And so a lot of the companies um, that that we work with uh, to solve customer needs are there as well. And then finally... Uh, is something we call uh, lumen digital ventures. and it's really working to understand what the venture community is doing, the venture capital community is doing to and where they are investing and how we can bring lumens and platform for amazing things to bear inside of those communities as they are developing the newer technologies that we're going to see in a couple of years and so working with them early. So the commonality here, is that Lumen works with another company to solve a customer challenge to create solutions for customers. It requires Lumen to work with another company. So that is the commonality across the entire strategic sales set of marketplaces that we've put together. And you know, a month into the role, I've really found there's an incredible cross-pollination that occurs between who the venture communities are supporting and how they are interacting with the hyperscalers and how the system integrators and VARs work in the channel and taking things like solutions around autonomous vehicles and how they all work across all different parts of the markets that I support. So it's really been a fun month, maybe a little bit more than a month now. And understanding how all of these things are going to work together and seeing the early returns for how that cross-pollination is occurring. But it really is at the core how we solve customer problems working in conjunction with another company. It's just not Lumen doing it alone. That's a fascinating, Dave. I just want to follow that up real quick. Can you, can
1: you give a couple of examples uh, more specifically as to how you're working with the hyperscalers? Because I think we're seeing a little more of that, obviously, as, as the public cloud uh, has become so ginormous over the last couple of years.
3: Look, autonomous vehicles is a, is a good example to talk about in a little bit more detail and how the technologies are all blending together. Uh, to solve autonomous vehicle solutions. That's one where we're creating a marketplace-based solution. But another is that that we work through our corporate alliance team with a company like Microsoft, where we're identifying how we're going to go to market together. And so as we begin to look at what's happening, say, in a SASE environment and how we're going to work with Microsoft to put their technology at the edge of the network, And then pivot and have the partners have access to a solution that's a SASE solution from Lumen at the edge of the network with five milliseconds access to a large portion of the constituency across the country. It becomes very powerful. And seeing the work at the alliance level of the company flow into a hyperscaler customer team and then how that product and how that go to market is going to uh, occur across the enablement of the entire Lumen sales uh, organization it becomes very powerful. And we're right at the pivot point that we're working with the Alliance team, we're working with the sales team, we're working with the partners to what's coming towards us in a SASE environment. Microsoft, maybe Fortinet, you know, we could rattle off a variety of different software-based solutions that we're gonna see come to fruition in a SASE environment.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. So Dave, when we uh, chatted last month, you're pretty new into the job and you were going into this kind of investigative process of speaking, you know, at least on our end, specifically to the, to the channel partners about what business is like for them, their needs, their desires, and kind of sorting through all that and beginning to put together this plan. Could you give us a little status update on that? How is that going? How has that been for you? Any sort of um, revelations you've found?
3: Great question, and timely too. I think uh, us following back up in this cycle of time, I probably have some evolution that has occurred in my learning uh, about the, the channel and what's happening. And probably the, the biggest thing that I've gone through probably in the last two weeks is something around LB Gupper. And so we use learn, buy, get, use, pay, renew, Language and looking at our business. And so I've been working very hard uh, around that understanding for me personally about LB Gupper and the partner community. And what I've discovered and what I believe is there's actually two LB Gupper flows inside of the channel. One is channel development and how we develop our channel to be used and then the other lb gupper is actually the flow of transactions and so the thing that i'm i'm focusing on is the u in the channel development and it's really the enablement of the channel so it's our programs like cie or nci and it's systems like how you get our content our systems around our compensation tools access to information and a digital marketplace around quoting or ordering or delivery. And so if I would pick one area where I'm probably going to spend the next cycle of time focusing is around those enablement items. And a lot of times it is an IT system. And so that's not a low hanging fruit because we've got to go modify some things. But there are other areas that we can begin to look at in enablement In order to make the opportunity development for when a partner is working with a customer, how the customer is learning about our solutions, how the configuration and quote cycle works, the delivery cycle, and then the partner enablement again across that opportunity flow. I think we can get that to go easily and quicker. We can make it more efficient and expedite things if we can get more into probably what I would say a digital environment. So my focus right now, probably from another learn cycle and appreciate the time to go learn some more, is really going to be focusing around the enablement of the channel.
1: Yeah, it's good stuff, Dave. I'm sure our our loyal casties are uh, happy to hear uh, all about that and see how that goes here over the course of the next few months. I want to talk a little bit about the news of the day or at least the news of the summer. And that was the big ILEC. A divestiture. Um, and we've got a lot of partners out there probably wondering if and, and how that's going to impact them. Uh, what can you tell our partner audience about that? So what's going to be the effect?
3: As we stand today, it's business as usual. We should still be able to serve the community with all of the assets. And so as we go through what that tra- transaction looks like, there'll be more communications in the future. But today it's business as usual. Let's work together to solve customer challenges with the assets that we bring to market. As that time goes by, there will be different milestones in in what occurs in a transaction like this, and we'll communicate over them. What we've begun to do is begun to do some of the filings at the state and federal level in order to make the transaction occur. It's all the lawyer work that occurs with all of the different entities that have to go through the approval process. And that's really the first step. And as those steps get initiated, we then begin to work more on how that asset is gonna look in a standalone manner and the systems that are gonna get it set up to operate it. But we're still a period of time away from being able to discuss the details around that. It's still at the concept phase. Our actions are really around those legal filings right now. All right, Dave, another thing we'll be watching there closely. Business as
1: usual. Okay, we'll keep that in mind for sure. I, You know, I'd be remiss uh, before we go uh, if I didn't say that you were already one of my favorite podcast guests of all time because you, you told us before we started recording here that your son is uh, embarking on uh, some schooling at the University of Washington, my alma mater. So, uh, so thank you
3: for that. <laughs> yeah all great and uh, i've started to buy purple clothes now it's an awesome experience to see him go through that in life oh i love it
2: i must be colorblind i i thought that was blue what is wrong with (laughs) (laughs) uh
1: spoken like somebody who went to arizona state i understand
2: yeah they don't they don't (laughs) well dave this has been a really great conversation uh any any final words for the casties
3: Uh, Just that I've uh, appreciated everybody's willingness to spend time with me, the patience for me to go through the learning curve so that I can understand the uniqueness of the channel so that I can use my strengths inside of Lumen uh, to get what we need in the channel to make it go more efficiently and faster and solve more customer problems. So really appreciate the the reach out from the community and the partnerships that they've uh, established with me so far.
2: Thanks so much for chatting with us today, Dave. Craig and I really enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. Well, Craig, I thought that was an informative and and juicy conversation. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I felt it was good. You know, he clearly has a lot of uh, responsibilities. Uh, He's going to be a busy guy here over the course of the next several months. Looking forward to uh, seeing any changes that come out of the Lumen Channel program, and was very interesting to hear him start to talk a little bit about what the uh, ILEC sale is going to mean uh, to partners. Obviously a lot TBD there, but uh, we're going to keep on him and make sure that uh, our loyal casties are up to date with what's going on at Lumen.
2: Yeah, I mean, if I were to sum it up, I would say it was a very illuminating conversation.
1: <laughs> of course you would. Uh, of course you would. Yeah. Uh.
2: <laughs> So Craig, uh, should we talk to the Cassies a little bit about you know some housekeeping items? You know where we've been, uh, what's been going on with the podcast lately?
3: Uh, uh,
1: yeah, absolutely, um, because that's exactly why they tune in is to uh, find out uh, information about us. <laughs> yes, where have we been? Well, honestly, you know I've had a couple weeks off uh, this summer. Of course, you have been uh, working hard. You would never think about taking time off because you're you're so dedicated to this brand. Uh, but I've taken some vacations. We had some uh, a few days of uh, management meetings that I was involved in. So it's just been a little crazy uh, this past month. Uh, but fortunately, we're back at it. We've got a lot of great uh, interviews uh, lined up here for the rest of the fall, leading up to uh, the Channel Partners Conference and Expo. So it's going to be going to be good stuff. Things for our, our loyal casties to look forward to in the next several weeks.
2: I'm excited to getting out there and and really seeing the homies, you know? I want to see the <laughs> homies, which I look forward to. You bet.
1: They they're looking forward to uh to seeing you too. So you were asking uh well, I think you were asking what I was up to. Personally, I guess since it's it's been a few weeks here. Yeah, uh, you know, and, I'm
2: looking for a personal deep
1: dive. Oh, that was that was pretty good. That was well said. Uh, you were channeling our old buddy Kevin for sure there. Uh, you know, I've started uh I don't know if I want to say I've started playing golf. I've always kind of hacked around over the years, but uh, it, it had actually been a very long time since I picked up a golf club. So, on my first week off, I went out and hit the links. Uh, I did hit the driving range first, uh, hit the links. It didn't go great, but that was mainly because it started raining and then it really started raining. So, I had to quit after about six and a half holes. Uh, but then, got out last week, uh, had a good time again. It was a little sunnier, the weather was more cooperative. And uh, it's sort of been fun to get back out there, but I'm still going to have to swing the club a few more times before I I get out and play at uh, some channel events without uh, embarrassing myself a little bit. So, you know, I'm going to get to that point. So uh, that's kind of what I've been up to on my vacations, been doing some relaxing. So it's been it's been good. How about you?
2: Well, first, I mean, that's are you doing it? Are you hitting the links alone or with people? Like, is it is a social thing?
1: Are you uh are you like uh, trying to make me feel bad or or what i mean no not, everybody, no not everybody has vacation and can go golfing in the middle of the week
2: james <laughs> no i'm just uh i'm in the same boat with you that i am like in some ways very grateful that i've managed to go five years in the channel without having to humiliate myself in like a <laughs> event golf outing i've yeah. i've always been the person that has kind of left at the end of the show kind of slinked right. off. Cause usually at the end of these service distributor events, it's like, do you want to get a massage or do you want to go golfing? And both are like, I'm, I don't know, squeamish about both, I guess. So, but that <laughs> might have to change for me. Um, but anyway, so you asked about me, uh, Craig, um, I'm, I'm doing well, you know, uh, fantasy football is starting, which I think mm-hmm. is a big ritual for both, both you and, and me. And, uh, you know, it's a, for some people, it's it's not the biggest thing in the world, but for us, it's it's part of our culture, it's part of our tradition, and it uh, makes fall what what fall is, you know, it's that spice we need.
1: Yeah, you probably understated a little bit there. We're, we're both uh, a little addicted to it, um, <laughs> not just part of our, our culture, but I'm glad you brought that up because it always gives me the opportunity to uh, mention that I'm the reigning uh, three-time champion of our league. Uh, just thought I'd drop that in there, but, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are going to have fun. It's going to be a, a good time again. And I'm, I'm sure a loyal casties will be excited to get an update uh, from us as the season goes along and how our teams are doing. Indeed. All right, James. So I'm excited for this uh, next interview. I know you love it. Uh, when we pick the brains, uh, that sounds a little gross, but you know what I
0: mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> some of your agent friends. Uh, always a great perspective that we don't necessarily get from the vendor reps uh, that we so frequently speak with. So what, what do you got coming up?
2: Yeah, I'm going to talk to two of my friends, Kathleen and David, and uh, they, they've been some really helpful people that I've, I've enjoyed speaking to this year and learning more about their business. And yeah, we we talk, I, I chatted with them about uh, what it's like to build a contact center practice, how they see customer buying habits changing, um, their thoughts on sort of uh, entrepreneurship. Is that the word? Entrepreneurship? Entrepreneurialship? Entrepreneurship. entrepreneurship. <laughs> Man, it sounds so weird. But anyway, uh, and they actually talked a little bit about M&A and, and what it's like to be an, an agent in this space, an entrepreneur in this space who's seeing private equity come in. So I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was a nice uh, personable chat.
1: Awesome. Uh, I'd love to get into it. This was one of those when I was off, uh, I think, on the golf course. Uh, that you were doing. So you did this sole one, so uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear it. Take it away.
2: Here we go. Okay, everybody, we are really grateful to be joined today by Kathleen Waters, the founder and CEO of Creekview Group, and David Wright, the founder and CEO of Disruptive Innovations. And these are two partners that um, I've had the pleasure of getting to know this year and um, a couple of uh, outstanding individuals. You know, a lot to look up to as, as, a, as a, a partner in the industry. So, David and Kathleen, uh, thanks for coming on the show today. Absolutely. Glad to be here. My pleasure. So, do you mind starting by telling us a little bit about your respective companies? How did you get started? What do you do in the space? Give us a little bit of background. So,
4: Creekview Group, um, I'm a woman-owned business. I am in year 13 of my business, and of course, like many uh, agencies, we started out small and have continued to grow to a global organization, Um, and basically, we touch everything from traditional telecom to IT to cybersecurity, and now, of course, with the pandemic uh, and the world changing, we have had to adapt our strategies because so many businesses were struggling with uh, what to do. So we also are contact center specialists. That is really our bread and butter. Um, you know, we do evaluations. We've got proprietary software that we use to assist uh, our clients. And uh, that's it. That's what we pretty much do in, in 90 seconds or less.
0: Disruptive Innovations, we are a digital business and technology consulting firm. We specialize in helping organizations with their IT strategy, uh, cloud strategy. Uh, We do a lot of network integration initiatives. We have a new private equity due diligence module, as well as a uh, patient experience optimization module. Um, And we work primarily with middle market and enterprise organizations uh, extensively in the healthcare retail. And financial verticals you know we're going on our, our fourth year um, but I've worked in this industry for you know over 12 years now and you know I was building computers and, and local area networks as a kid so this has always been a, a passion of mine and again you know happy to be speaking with you today James
2: that is awesome background from both of you um, Kathleen I, I'd love to know a little bit about what it was like building that contact center practice.
4: Absolutely. You know, in the in the early days of contact center, you know, you would see a traditional setup where there'd be a board and there'd be agents sitting in cubicles and a supervisor maybe listening in on a PBX or premise based system that had very limited opportunities to be able to improve the quality of the customer experience. So when we first got involved with Contact Center, we had to look at the, the business drivers. You know, what is, what is really motivating the client today? Uh, across all industries, all verticals, there's commonalities. And one of the commonalities, well, there's six of them that I use. And one of them is Q&A efficiency. In the automation of slow manual processes, how can these contact centers improve the efficiency of call handling? So we looked at creating this uh, model that actually included all of these six business drivers. The second one I use is customer experience effectiveness. After you're building this exceptional customer experience, how are you able to measure it? So what does that actually do for your client? Does it improve his bottom line? Does it improve um, how happy the customer is? And of course, that goes back to your NPS, your net promoter scores. The third component is revenue generation. Are we able to teach and train these contact center managers How to identify growth opportunities within every contact center call to possibly upsell. So taking that, we had to look at the agent performance. And that agent performance basically is how do you coach them? How do you improve the employee satisfaction and retention rate? Because contact centers have about a 68% turnover within 30 days, if you looked at it over a 12-month period. So that costs these contact centers, you know, a lot of money, capital expenses can be reduced for overhead if they're able to streamline workflows and figuring out what's motivating a contact center employee to stay in place. And then the last piece that we put into this business driver when we built this model was risk and compliance. What are we really trying to address? You know, if it's the healthcare industry, obviously, it's risk and compliance and HIPAA compliance, high trust certifications, making sure that these contact centers actually have what they require to do business legally and correctly. So we took all those components and we built a proprietary software program that we input after we use a questionnaire of probably a thousand different questions that we put together to just focus on asking the prospect or the prospective client to be able to make sure that we are including everything that they would need um, in order to find the A, the right supplier, and also meet their business objectives. And then um, the, the hardest part of all of this is the provisioning and the implementation of this solution.
0: Yeah, Kathleen, thank you so much for, for that. I mean, I have so much respect for, for what you guys have built over at Creekview. It plays in well to our uh, patient slash customer experience optimization module. Over the course of COVID, you know, we saw the public's digital habits and inclinations change drastically you know partially by necessity and as these behaviors changed we saw you know folks actually gravitate towards more self-service options and you know the ability to use chat functionality and you know retail organizations and consumer brands were, You know, often very well positioned for something like this because they had been kind of going through this type of transition into a more decentralized, cloud-based, integration-rich environment in the contact center space. But healthcare organizations and financial organizations as well, particularly banks, you know, regional banks, and have always been late adopters, right? So you saw this inability to provide patients and customers with this superior digital experience that they had gotten used to with, you know, Amazon and other retailers. And this fragmented patient journey is costing providers. Moreover, you know, we see that patients are going elsewhere. If they can have a better patient experience at one institution over the other, they're they're leaving a, a given provider to to seek out that that superior level of of care and attention.
4: I agree with you a hundred percent. Because what I think what the pandemic has done is it's created this sense of urgency, like never before, like nothing we've seen in our industry. Because everything, there's a shift. The shift is to be quicker be better have a better customer experience not only the contact center solution providers but also um the network what's behind it what's powering it because now to your point david with healthcare, you're talking about precision automation and robotics and telemedicine and telesurgery and people want answers quickly right so, yeah so i so i love that i love exactly you're spot on.
0: And, you know, the opportunity to integrate uh, EHR systems into these new solutions and, you know, support a patient from the beginning of their journey at, you know, the time of appointment scheduling, scheduling that initial uh, appointment through their experience at the given doctor's office into, you know, billing and payments and, and disenrollment on the back end. The opportunity to optimize that is there right now, you know, and moreover, you know, you kind of nailed it, Kathleen, the, optim- the, the opportunity to optimize the workflow within the organization and, and you know, make things more more seamless. There's, there's soft cost savings there. There are a ton of opportunities there for, for improvement and cost reduction and, and enhanced experience.
2: That's fantastic. Um, so kind of speaking of the last year and, and how things are changing, um, I'm curious, like, from maybe an entrepreneurial perspective, as two business owners, what have you learned about running your business over the course of the last year?
4: It's changed. OK, for sure. I know in our in our space in particular, um, there have been a lot of agents that have decided to close shop. There are some that, you know, where these shifts are taking place is that people are in our, in our space, they're trying to put together exit strategies while others, like David and myself, are trying to figure out, okay, and I think we've both figured it out by just speaking to us, that we are, the pendulum has swung, all right? And now that the pendulum has swung, we've moved in the direction of what the client actually requires. And I think what, you know, for me, what I have seen is that, um, you know, what's out there, customers, where my business has changed is everybody is concerned about security. Everybody is concerned about what this post-pandemic IT telecommunications world actually looks like. You know, while there's uh, a lot of ineffective sellers and ineffective marketing, you know, components that you know, agents like ourselves engage in. For us, David and I, at this point, it's identifying the top challenges and then addressing them and putting together a business plan to figure out how we are going to address these top challenges that have basically hit us right in the face. We've gotta move forward and we've gotta move on and we've gotta get better at understanding the emerging trends in the telecom industry.
0: And on the professional front, I agree there's a huge opportunity right now. Um, When the pandemic hit, we saw a lot of product purchasing to try to fill gaps, right? So people jumped on Zoom or they jumped on Teams or, you know, whatever was kind of put in front of them. You know, we see a huge opportunity to kind of take a step back now that things have settled down a little bit and look at the environment holistically to really understand, like, does this make sense for uh, our business or, you know, per uh, our workflow and the, the rest of our application stack, does it actually make sense to do X, right? So huge opportunity there. We, we've also seen a ton of m and right? Both in our agent world, um, as well as with our technology partners, right? Mm-hmm. There's been a, a ton of uh, m and And then from a, a, a personal but still entrepreneurial standpoint, um, you know, we've seen that we really had to renew our focus on, you know, work-life balance, right? Like the fact that we were all remote, or a lot of our folks were remote. You know, the digital workday could extend, you know, almost indefinitely, especially with a, a company like uh, Disruptive Innovations where we're we're moving, we're we're thriving. Um, so we really had to set uh, proper boundaries to make sure that you know, both myself as a CEO and, and our, our folks had, uh, you know, that personal time that they need to recharge their, their batteries uh, carved out, right? You know, and, and we had to also really work to encourage kind of, you know, mental health and collaboration and just creating a healthy workspace, be it uh, together at our, our headquarters in Manhattan, or, you know, dispersed throughout uh, the United States.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that perspective on putting together that plan and and also developing that work-life balance. And,
0: you know, David nailed
4: it. It's so important because it's been ignored for so long that I've also noticed that in the post-pandemic, corporations, major corporations, Fortune 100s, are now actually giving their employees a mandatory one day off every 10 days or every two two weeks just to get things right, reset, reset the bar. So I love that you you brought that up. It's so important.
2: So looking forward into 2022 um, and beyond and any, any sort of opportunities that uh, you're mm. looking forward to, whether that's um, technological or, or customer related or yeah, any sort of thing that you and your business are looking forward to capitalizing on in the future?
4: you know, in terms of, you know, what we are doing is looking at how to significantly improve performance in whatever the space is, whether it's cybersecurity or whether it's contact center. You know, we're based in Atlanta, but we have a global footprint and our, our global clients have the exact same Requirements that we do here. They're all wanting to talk about being proactive with advanced cybersecurity. And it's our job to figure out how we can help them, making sure that they. The question that I've gotten asked most often in the last three months by mid sized to enterprise level businesses is how do I know if I am truly protected? 2022 will be no less threatening for hackers, because they're going to just get better and smarter. So how do we help our business partners fortify their networks? You know, am I asking all the questions I need to to ensure that I'm doing everything in my power to help them?
0: Yeah, I love that, Kathleen. Like I mentioned, we see a huge opportunity to help classically late adopters dive into this new New opportunity in healthcare, in particular. I mean, we've talked a lot about healthcare today. You know, there's uh, there's a piece by Gardner on the on the real time health system. I highly recommend it. Advancing healthcare, you know, being a part of helping create better clinical outcomes, leveraging the situational awareness uh, surrounding the patient, and there's just a huge opportunity there, I believe, uh, to help healthcare organizations. And that's, that's really what it's about helping, helping healthcare organizations and, and in turn, helping the patient. So that, that would be a big opportunity, I would say. Um, you know, Kathleen mentioned security, is huge right now with all organizations, really. I mean, that's uh, another really big opportunity. So yeah, those are two of the top opportunities, I would say.
2: Fantastic. Well, is there anything uh, that either of you would like to say before we close?
0: I would like to say thank
4: you to you, James, because um, you were very gracious to host Creekview Group and uh, David um, today with Disruptive Innovations. I'm just gonna tell you it, uh, it gives us a chance to kind of bounce ideas and thoughts out, you know, verbalizing it. It makes you think, you know, am I doing everything I need to be doing?
0: Yeah, thank you, James and, and Kathleen. And, and, you know, I agree. I mean, I love coming from a place of abundance you know Kathleen and I have known each other for many years and we're of the mind of you know sharing and that there's enough to go around right so i would encourage folks to share ideas and sh- don't you know don't hold it all to yourself because it it it'll, it'll come back around when you help others particularly in the in the agent community i would also just say it's all about the people too right so happy employees and and customers whatever you need to do to create that positive employee or customer experience i mean that's that's the key differentiator one of the key differentiators for us so
2: well i really appreciate those kind words and uh, you know here's to to many more of these really honest conversations that that we're having in the channel so very much appreciated and enjoyed on my end. So, thank you very much, Kathleen and David, for joining us today.
4: Absolutely. Thank you so much, James. Nice yeah, thank you. To you, David.
0: Always a pleasure, Kathleen. And yeah, thanks again, James. Cheers. All
4: right,
1: James. Uh, very well done. A lot of insight there. Great to hear from those folks. Uh, you know, you're kind of the the Howard Stern of the channel uh, without all of the expletives and the, the potty humor, of course. Sounded great.
2: Why, thank you, Craig. You know, I, I want to ask those deep questions that Howard Stern asks. I, oh yeah. I don't
1: really know which he I elicits one. the great responses, and, and you do the same.
2: Oh, thank you, Craig. David and Kathleen really have struck me as straight shooters, and um, I just—it's uh, always for me a breath of fresh air to to chat with the uh, these customer-facing partners and learn about just what life is like for them. And you know if you fit into that direct selling agent model, reach out to me, you know, hit me up on LinkedIn. And, and I'd, I'd love to, to learn more about you and, and profile you. And uh, for me, I'm, I'm trying to build a, a beat that really understands what you partners are going through. And so don't hesitate to reach out to me and, and let's set up a call because I'd, I'd love to know more about your business
1: absolutely love uh love the things they had to say and and the way that those can translate to other partner businesses for sure so so james just to get back to what we were talking about earlier just to confirm all that stuff Penn and teller blue man group the raider rats that was all real Uh, they're all doing our show
2: it is all real my friend it is it is not a dream you can you can trust me you can trust me
1: you're sure i'm just gonna ask you one more time confirm
2: yes yes craig
1: Okay. I mean, we're going to have to spend the next podcast uh, talking again about some of the more great content we've got for you, but we just had to take some time to talk about all those celebrity guests. I mean, that's going to be so much fun. I mean, that's amazing, is an understatement.
2: Have you been watching a little bit too much TMZ lately, Craig? Mm, It's
1: possible. All right, if you'd like to check out the archive of Coffee with Craig and James, you can go just about anywhere you get your podcasts. Of course, we encourage you to check us out on the flagship
2: website,
1: channelfutures.com. Thanks again for joining us, everyone. And it's going to take a seven nation army to stop me and James from showing up at the Channel Partners Conference and Expo. I hope it's the same with you.
2: We're going to Wichita
1: actually it's Vegas James we we don't want to throw off our casting
2: oh okay uh, uh, sorry